on the wings of gentle sleep, sweet visions transport me back to those times. Oh, you cannot understand the enormity of my remorse, or the gravity of my guilt, or the depths of my sadness. For it is not possible for you to grasp what I, what we, lost. Even now, the memory of it fades Even now, the thoughts of Eden, that heavenly garden, slip away from me as the memory of a dream recedes with the morning, leaving only the empty shells of emotion in its wake. There are times, of course, when I think of it as I labor, as I scratch and dig in this accursed ground, watering the dirt with my sweat, the furrows in the soil matching line for line the furrows in my brow. Or when in the throes of childbirth, my body strains to bring those children into this world, with pain shooting through my limbs and head. It is then that my regret is the strongest, and the anger, and the loss. But it is in the dreams that I am whisked away, most completely and most innocently, to the way that it was. Oh, Eden, that glorious garden! planted by God, where birds never ceased with their morning song, and flowers bloomed, uncoaxed in magnificent rainbow hues, where wolves frolicked with bobcats and lions snoozed with lambs. I made my bed one time upon the downy belly of a bear, lulled to sleep by his gentle cavernous snoring. It never rained there. Did you know that? The always blue sky bore on its back the most pillowy of clouds, but never did it cloud over. Never was the sun completely hidden from our sight. Not that there was a lack of water. Oh, no. Springs gurgled with their icy issues, which tumbled over smooth stones and through grassy meadows. And that miraculous morning mist, it watered the ground and filled the air with such delightful earthy aromas. And the fruit, the fruit, there's the rub. Because it wasn't just a garden. The sights and the sounds, the aromas and the flavors, the feeling and the peace. It was God. When we walked with the divine in the deepening dusk, talking over the events of the day, when we lay in the afternoon sunshine together, When we ate and we drank and we shared, and when the mouth of God was opened and began to sing, oh, the music, you have no idea. You could not believe how close we were to the heart of our creator. You call it, I'm told, the fall. What happened there in the garden? What happened with my husband and me? The word is very descriptive, fall, and accurate as well. For that's exactly how it feels. Because, you see, as much as we wanted to blame someone else, that snake, my husband, even God, 
And Adam did blame others. He blamed me that faithful, fateful day. The woman which you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. I did fall. Adam fell too. We fell in this together. Make no mistake about it. I took that fruit. I wrapped my hands around it and then my lips and then my teeth and I ate it. I disobeyed. I fell away. So it was not God who turned God's back. God told us just what should happen and what should not. And God searched us out, running through the garden until we were found, hidden in our shame. No one is to blame but Adam and me. It was by our own hands, by my own hand, wrapped around that wretched fruit that I have received what I deserved. I fell, fell out of the garden, fell away from the earth and the animals, I fell away from my husband and away from immortality and away from God. Earth man, that's what my husband was. Man of the dirt, man of the dust. That's what Adam means. That's what God's hands can do. God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, shaping and molding and caressing and creating him, breathing breath and spirit into Adam's lungs. And from a rib, God crafted me. When God's hands go to work, miracles happen. And when my hands go to work, remember you are dust, Adam, dust, and to dust you shall return. That's the result of my handiwork. By God's hands, life. By my hands, death. I know what love is. I know firsthand what love can do and how powerful it is. And so I know, too, deep within, that God is still chasing after me. God will continue to love me, love me so strongly that it will hurt terribly. And so, as I stand here, laboring over this dirt, this dust to which I will one day return, I look to the day God promised would come, the day when God will come back for me. And I wonder how much it will hurt. I wonder what the cost will be. For it was by my hand clutching that fruit, hiding my face, weaving those clothes. It was by my hand that all of this is necessary. And it's for my sake that God will do anything to win me back. So these monologues that we'll be hearing speak for themselves in a lot of ways. Thanks to Susan for being Eve for us this evening, but we're going to reflect a little bit on them, too, as we go along. So here now a reading from Romans chapter 8. Paul says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So first let me say that we had to do some theological wordsmithing with our monologue tonight in order to convey what I think was a more sound, hopeful, promising, faithful understanding that Adam and Eve were in on this first sin together. Some of these prepackaged worship guides aren't always or exactly Lutheran in their expression, and it takes some work, not a lot in this case, but some work to get them there. By that I mean there is still a sexist, misogynist brokenness to the way the story of Adam and Eve gets told in too many ways and too many places. And it's important and more faithful and most meaningful to understand that it wasn't all or only Eve's fault, the fall. We're all in this together, this sin, this fall, and mostly the redemption we all long for and that each of us is promised by the grace of our God. So yes, tonight's monologue is from the perspective of Eve's heart and Eve's hand because of what went on in the proverbial garden, but her sin is my sin and your sin and our sin together, all of us. And when we hear her muse about all that God will do to win her and win us back, it makes me think of something Diane Cowker, one of our wise and faithful partners in mission, said a few months ago about her experience of God's grace. Something about Jesus running toward her just as fast as he can. And I love that image, which she says she got from the lyrics of a song I still haven't learned the name of. But as we make our way to the cross during these Lenten days, slowed and burdened and weighed down by the same sin and shame that Eve and Adam carried, I'm trying to imagine what awaits us on the other side of the cross. God in Jesus doing everything God can do, running toward us as fast as God can move, to love and to forgive and to redeem and to repair what is so broken among us, to prove what Paul promises in that letter to the Romans, that nothing, no thing, can separate us from that kind of love. Not hardship or distress, not peril, persecution, or the powers of this world, not our age or our race or our gender or our theology, not our sin or our shame or anything else in all of creation, all of which belongs to God in the first place. And I'm trying to remember, too, that God does it all, loves us so deeply, I mean, not just so that we can rest in and celebrate that good news, but so that we can return the favor by loving and forgiving and working 
with deep gratitude and with great awe and with the work of our hands to repair what is so broken in the world around us. Amen. Let us pray. God of all grace and mercy and peace, God of all power to love what you have made, be mindful of us in the days to come as we reflect on and repent of our sinfulness. Give us faith to trust in your willingness and ability to redeem all that is yours. And give us courage through our words and ways to love one another and to love our enemies as ourselves with just some measure of the deep and abiding love you have first shared with all of your children. Amen.